0: Selecting a breeder is just as important as selecting the panther chameleon. It is the breeder that will handhold you through the entire process. Of course, you have this podcast with a deep dive on information, but your breeder will also be a partner in your success, and your breeder will know the lineage, background, and personal details of your particular panther. You often hear that you want to select a breeder you can trust, but just what does that mean, and how can you find one that matches that description? Today, we're going to talk about how to pick the right breeder. Welcome to the Panther Chameleon Podcast. My name is Bill Strand, and I will be your guide through the life stages of the incredible Panther Chameleon. When you are searching for a breeder, I recommend doing a good deal of social media research. You can start with a Google search for Panther Chameleon breeders, But the top results aren't necessarily the best choices. Google is an excellent search engine, but it is still an advertising platform, and businesses can pay to be on top. There are definitely good businesses that do this, but Google doesn't check that when deciding what to put on their search results. So it's a good place to start gathering names, but there needs to be the second step of following that up with some research into their business. And just as a note, I tried it. I did a Google search for panther chameleon breeders, and there were some things that were on the first page that were disturbing and bordered on being a scam. One of the top picks had a page that was only semi readable because it was keyword stuffed for web traffic and said if you wanted a pet you could hold, to choose a panther chameleon. Incorrect husbandry information is a huge red flag that something is not right. So please, take some time to research the breeder you are interested in. In many cases, you select a breeder because you fell in love with one of the promo photos of one of the chameleons they use. This isn't always good as I know some sites that are using the same breeder photos that they have been using for over a decade. There are places where they purchase babies from a group of breeders they hire to breed chameleons for them and they never see what's being sent to you. So don't fall in love with a picture of a panther chameleon until you can verify that actual chameleon is still alive and will be a sire to your baby. This is where there is no hard, fast, black and white way of verifying a legitimate business. And so you need to give it time to study how they post and how they interact with their audience. That gives you time to ask around. And do not assume just because a business has a big name that it means you'll get a quality chameleon. Always check out the names behind the business. And of course, I can see it a mile away, but someone new to the community wouldn't be able to pick up on the signs that something's wrong. And I know exactly what it's like to be new to a community. I live, sleep, and breathe chameleons, so it's easy for me to pick out the bad apples. When I was looking into dart frogs, I was back at square one and had no idea who the good names were. I had to go through each and every step I am laying out here. Whew, sounds like we're in for a lot of work. And yes, there is a little bit of time involved. I have been involved with chameleons for over 40 years, and I have watched the community grow. I have seen breeders come and go and more join in. It is a constant churn, and I can see that some great breeders are not marketing savvy, and I have seen some breeders where marketing is the only thing they do well. In this episode, I'm going to go over a checklist for you to keep handy. You can decide which of the items I look for you value and make your decisions. But at least you know what important things you can choose from. Now, I want to say that this is a general checklist, and you should use your judgment as to the mix of things. In this social media-driven world, it would be easy for a very good breeder to be left behind because they haven't kept up with the 253 changes Instagram has done in the last month, or they haven't figured out what a TikTok is. Social media is a completely different skill from breeding, so non-existent social media is not necessarily a black mark. It just means it's much more difficult for you to give them the green flag unless you know someone personally who has dealt with them, or some other way to gauge their competency. That said, there are a number of excellent breeders that do have an extensive social media presence and that will allow you to check the boxes. Here are some things to look out for when you're looking for a good breeder. One, do they have a website or social media outreach that allows you to see something about what they do? The lack of showing their facility isn't necessarily a bad sign, as people are rightly concerned about security. But they can show caging, and you should be able to see some sort of husbandry. While not showing the facility is not a sign that they have poor husbandry, if someone does show their facility and husbandry, you can make a judgment on it. Breeders who are proud of their husbandry usually find ways to show it off. And this is a good sign. Some breeders will be interviewed on podcasts and YouTube videos. And this is a great way to check in on who they are as people. Red flags are websites with pop-up ads and ad-ridden web pages and advocating poor husbandry. Granted, when you're just starting out, it may be difficult to know what is poor husbandry and what is just a difference in opinion. But I can give you a couple of pointers. Serious red flags to avoid are when a breeder will say that you can hold panther chameleons and you can keep panther chameleons together. These are things that people wish chameleons were, and to present chameleons like this is deliberate, deceptive marketing. Anyone using these items in their sales pitch is not going to be honest in other aspects of your transaction. One husbandry aspect that would put the breeder in the top tier of breeders is if they raise their babies individually chameleons should not be raised in groups. Breeders have been doing this for decades to save on space, and they just had to get good at knowing when to separate the bullies. But you would still have occasional bite marks and nip tails here and there. And because of this, and an increased awareness towards the welfare of the chameleons, there are a number of breeders popping up that have put the health of their babies ahead of the demands of mass production. If you are deciding between breeders and one of them individually raises their babies, well, you know which one I would go with. The second checkbox is customer service. One of the big advantages of going with an established and reputable breeder is that they will support you before and after the sale. So to interview a breeder, call them or email or chat over the website. Whatever communication method you like to use and see how they respond. Are they quick to respond and are they friendly? Do you two click? This step is not to judge whether they are good or bad as breeders It's simply to decide whether your personalities mesh. If this is your first chameleon, it pays to have a breeder who is there to help you. And part of the definition of reputable is the customer support. So try it out. Call them or email them and ask them if your setup is good for a chameleon. See what they say. Don't expect an hour-long detailed analysis if you're not yet a customer, but they should be able to give you a thumbs up or thumbs down as to whether they feel comfortable selling to you. Presumably, if you have found this podcast, you have also found the Chameleon Academy Panther Chameleon Care Guide, and you have a setup that will make them feel confident to sell to you. Now, if you don't have a cage setup, you can simply ask them to help you decide which locale to get. There's no good answer for this, as it is 100% up to your taste, but if they are willing to help you decide, it shows that they are willing to spend time with you. This passes the test, no matter what they actually say or what you actually buy. The third point is reputation. If they've been around long enough to be considered established, then they will have a certain reputation. You will have to get many data points, though, because anyone established will also have some unhappy customers. And they tend to be loud and tend to make things very black and white in their favor. This is just part of doing business anywhere. So make sure you take opinions from multiple sources. Honestly, if someone feels they've been wrong, they will simply make up a narrative that has brief elements of the truth tied together with a distinct lack of what they did. You know, when a kid runs into the house yelling that Johnny hit him for no reason at all? Yeah, there was a reason. So remember that unhappy people are louder than satisfied people. And the chameleon world is so political that certain groups will badmouth a breeder for reasons other than the quality of the panthers they send out. I know a couple of exceptional breeders that were badmouthed, because certain groups didn't like their supplementation schedule. The Panthers were of exceptional health, but politics rules social media. So yes, check for reputation, but also check for bias. If this breeder is active in the community and responds to you when you communicate, and the Panthers look healthy, then that should carry more weight than the politics of social media. The key is to watch direct interaction from the breeder with the community and just be careful with what is said behind their back. Notice in all of this, I didn't say anything about price. This is because the most important thing is to find the best breeder. Once you start looking at price, then you start down a risky road. High prices don't necessarily mean the best quality, but if you find a breeder that is established, reputable, communicative, and with solid husbandry, be hesitant to save money going elsewhere. I realize that all of this is a lot harder than making a choice by falling in love with an oversaturated online picture. It is true that there is only so much you can do before you just have to trust somebody. But the more clowns you can wipe off the top, the less of a circus you'll have to deal with. Now, I've been careful not to mention specific names. The reason is that the names are always changing. There have been a handful of constants that have stuck around to be sure, but the value in this episode was giving you the tools to judge a breeder no matter when you are making a decision or what country you are in. Remember, it's extremely difficult to ship chameleons, which are CITES II animals, across country borders, so every country this podcast reaches will have a different set of breeders to evaluate. To close off this episode, I'd like to speak to anyone who is considering being a panther chameleon breeder now or in the future. When you start, you will have people going through all of these steps I have just listed to evaluate you. And they will be comparing you to these established breeders who have spent years and tens of thousands of dollars getting to the point where they are now. So your challenge is how to compete. Yes, gorgeous photography of your breeding stock is critical. And yes, money can buy exposure. But if you want to stand out, a significant option is you can embrace some of the more advanced husbandry aspects. Individually raised panthers are now becoming a selling point with the community. It may be in the near future, the community will start valuing quality of keeping adults and babies in naturalistic pet quality enclosures. You are getting into this because you love chameleons. So building a breeding business that encompasses the best of husbandry instead of the most efficient husbandry will ensure that you are ahead of the curve. But of course, this all is way in the future for most of you. We'll talk about breeding much later. For now, the highlights of selecting a breeder are to be patient. Select some names you are interested in and watch how they interact on social media. See what kind of husbandry they show and whether you are compatible as far as communication, and then you can be more confident that you will be able to fully enjoy the advantages of going with an established and reputable breeder. So, are you ready to take a look at what your options are? Even if you don't feel ready to get a panther just yet, now is a perfect time to get a list of names together. You could spend this time just watching how they conduct themselves on social media. Although a good interaction style is not the same as good husbandry, it is certainly necessary when you will try and communicate with them in the future. Another thing to help you prepare is to know what you are looking for. And for this, you want to get up to speed on panther-chameleon husbandry. Check out the panther-chameleon species profile on the chameleonacademy.com website, and that will give you the basics. I know it's a lot to take in at once, but we will go over it here step by step. And so, I thank you for joining me on this exploration of the panther-chameleon. If you would like to learn more, there's an entire website at chameleonacademy.com which has an extensive profile on the Panther Chameleon. You can also join me for either or both of my weekly live sessions on Instagram and YouTube. Check the chameleonacademy.com homepage for the latest schedule. Finding the right breeder for you takes a little bit of work, but is worth it to make sure you have the right partner on this incredible experience you are about to undertake. And me, Well, I'm going to be right here helping as well. This is Bill Strand signing off, and I'll see you next time.